Well, I'm really honored to talk to you today about getting past your own personal failures because truthfully, all of us at one time or another, we've done some things that we wish we hadn't done. Uh, for example, all of our different churches, uh, I don't know how many of you would say that at your house, having milk is necessary for the world to run. How many of you are kind of like my house? You need a little bit of milk or the whole world's shut down. Let's just settle it once and for all. Uh, skim milk or 1%? Skim milk, skim milk, water, 1%. How many of you are with God? Uh, whole milk, whole milk, ah, chocolate milk. Chocolate milk, there you go, there you go, you feel? Uh, at our house, we're 1%, and uh, we were out of 1% for a couple of days, and the world was about to come to an end. And so I went to the grocery store to uh, deliver the promised goods back to the house, and I came in, and there was only one gallon of 1% left sitting on the shelf, and I actually spotted it from several feet away, and so I kind of did the fast walk toward it to make sure nobody else got there, you know, and like this, and I walked up to get it, and I opened up the door, and when I did, unfortunately, I was in a weak position, in a vulnerable position, and this guy actually came up to me and put his shoulder slightly into me and pushed me off and reached in and grabbed my 1% milk. Now, I used to say there are two things you don't do to me. You don't tell me to chill out. You don't flip me off. The third thing is, you don't grab my milk. Can I get an amen in the house? This guy pushed me to the side and grabbed my milk. And I'm telling you, for a moment, I just prayed, God, I wish I wasn't a pastor. I'm looking at this guy thinking, in 12 seconds, I could choke you out and I want to right now. And these thoughts of rage just went through my mind. Thankfully, I had the presence enough to know that there were other people in there that might know I represent Christ. And so by the power of the Spirit of God, I let it go, walked away, and prayed ungodly things for the guy who took my milk. Not really, but I was upset. So I got the rest of my groceries, just a few things because that's all a man is allowed to get without messing it up. And I took my cart and went to the 10 item or less aisle. And guess who happened to be in front of me? The milkman. And I looked into his basket and I thought to myself, that looks like more than 10 items. And so I just counted them rather loudly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, do you realize you have 11 items in the 10 or less aisle line? Give me the milk and we'll call it even. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me like, you're weird. And, and it just, on the inside, man, there's fury, there's rage. I just, just couldn't do it. And, and I shouldn't have said that to him, but there are so many things, quite honestly, that I've done and said that are so much worse than that. And I'm sure the same is true for you. All of us, if we're really honest, there are things that we've done, things that we've said that we wish we hadn't. And for so many of us, it's really difficult to get past our own past. We may know that God has forgiven us, but we have a difficult time forgiving ourselves. And I don't know what it would be for you, but I can promise you at all of our campuses, there are many of you that you, you still feel a real heaviness because of your sexual past. You did some things that at the time seemed fun and right, but years later, there's, just, there's baggage and there's weight and there's, there's guilt and it, it might be affecting your marriage or your, your present state. And you're thinking, I wish I hadn't done this. Or for some of you, there's a reoccurring sin 
There's something that you, you do and then you pray for forgiveness and you pray, God, I'll never do that again. And you, you may go a week or two weeks or three weeks and then you fall into it again and, and you, just, you feel like you're carrying this big weight from your past. I just can't shake the sin that continues to come. Or, or some of you, maybe you said something to someone that you loved and you just, you didn't mean to, you, you might've even felt it at the time, but you said it and now you can't unsay it and it's hurting your intimacy with another person. Some of you, you've got some bad decisions you've made in the past and, and now they're catching up to you. Maybe they're, they're coming out or you're afraid they might come out and you just, you regret it, you hate it and you don't know what to do. I know a lot of people that unfortunately they strayed from their marriage and they did something that really betrayed their spouse. And here they are years later, their spouse has forgiven them, their children's forgiven them, God has forgiven them, and yet they just can't forgive themselves. There's this aching, this, this sense of, of total failure, and they can't seem to get over it. I, I know a lot of people, unfortunately, that, um, that are divorced today, and there's this real sense of guilt. They think, I could have, if I just tried a little harder, if I just prayed a little more, if I just, if I just worked a little more at it, and yet here I am in this place. Others, they, they look at their own kids and think, I, if I'd only been a better parent, they wouldn't have turned out this way. And so many people feel a lot like David did when he said this in Psalm 38.4. He said, my guilt has overwhelmed me. It's overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I talked to one lady this week. She said, I want to be a mentor, but I feel unworthy. After all I've done, how could I mentor other young ladies? Another guy said, I really want to have a good marriage, but after all I've done, I just don't believe I could ever have a good marriage. What's, what's happening? Their past continues to follow them. Here's what I hope you'll understand and hear me clearly that every saint of God, every great person that God has ever used, every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. You look everywhere in the world, and every saint that God uses in a good way has a past that the power of God has helped them overcome, and every single sinner, and that includes you, has a future. By the power of God through Christ, I believe God wants to help you overcome your past. And now I'm going to welcome one of our team teachers to help bring you God's word. Would you please celebrate and honor one of our great team teachers? Well, my name is Chris Beal, and I am the campus pastor here at the Oklahoma City campus of LifeChurch.tv. And as always, I am so incredibly honored to be able to share with you God's word today. Uh, you know, when Craig was talking about that crazy milk story, which I pray he's still repenting for, uh, you know, the thing that I could not escape was going back to the seventh grade. I was about two inches taller than all the other kids growing up, and my dad, uh, he kind of dug sports, and so he was like, son, I really think you should go out for the basketball team. And at, like any seven-year-old boy, I just wanted to make dad proud and I figured, you know, I had the height advantage, and so you might as well. And so sure enough, I go out for the basketball team, and the tryouts were pretty lame, so I made the team. I was actually uh, first string. I was starting on the basketball team, and I remember my first game. It was 
incredible. I was so amazingly nervous. Coach put me in right at the start. I was starting. And so check this out. One of the things about being a Beal boy athletically is that um, we're not ever, you know, related to like a cheetah or a gazelle or anything like that. We have some speed issues. And so I remember this one play, uh, our, the other team we were playing, they literally, you know, made a fast break over to their goal. And I'm running, trying to keep up. Everyone is in the paint and I'm at half court. And so I'm trying to keep up, but luck would have it, we got a rebound. And they saw me at half court and we all knew this was it. Chris is gonna bring it to the rim. And so fast break, threw it to me at half court and I looked at it. The rim, there it was. And it was calling for me. I looked up in the stands and dad was sitting there as proud as he could be, just knowing this is gonna be it. I'm, I'm taking it to the hoop. So I start dribbling down to make my goal. One of the things about dribbling for me at this time is I still had to learn how to dribble without looking at the ball. And so I'm dribbling and I'm having to look straight down because I'd lose it, right? And so I'm, I'm dribbling down the court. Everybody's like a mile away. And I take it up for a nice, easy layup, bank it off the glass. And so I just simply go up and I'm watching the ball and the curve's right. It looks right. It's gonna go, oh wait, it's not gonna go in. It, it's not even going to hit the backboard. It, it actually went over the backboard. And so I thought to myself, I have got to recover this. And so it didn't bounce out. I go grab the basketball. The, the other team still hadn't made it back to defend their rim. I grabbed the basketball just to bank it in. No lie. The ball hits the bottom of the rim, bounces down, hits me in the head, and goes out of bounds. Do not ever ask me to play basketball with you because the answer is no and has been since the seventh grade. Failure. You know, when we talk about failure, I would love to tell you that that is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. But the truth is, my life is riddled with one failure after another. Today, you know, we're talking about getting past our past, but there are far too many of you that are living in your past. You're living still gripped by the thought of that failure or that series of failures. If we're really honest with ourselves, you know, our churches and network churches are full of Uncle Ricos who are still living in 82. You know, we're still living in the past thinking, man, if only the coach would have put me in into the fourth quarter, surely we would have won state. Surely I'd be soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. We're living in the past and it's no longer 1982. It is time to get past our past failures. How do we do it? How do we do it? We're going to talk about three ways today. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first thought in getting past our failures is we have to recognize, write this down, that your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Would you write that down? Your biggest sins are not and have never been too big for God's grace. You know, I've been a follower of Jesus for about 20 years. And one of the things that, that's come, be, been profoundly aware to me is that so many people live consumed by guilt. And guilt, hear me on this, is not from God and has never been. You know, guilt, I believe we have a very real spiritual enemy who would love for us to just tread water in an ocean of guilt. See, guilt Guilt paralyzes action. We start to think things like, well, 
I'm never going to conquer this. I'm never going to get over this failure. So why even try? You know, the other thing guilt does is it, it breeds self-hatred, doesn't it? We just, the more we stew in it, the more we loathe us. But the Bible talks about this other thing, and it's called conviction. Literally, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit is one of the most beautiful things ever because what it produces changes our lives. Check out what, what the Bible says. 1 John 1, 9. We've got this incredibly conditional and powerful verse. Paul, I'm sorry, John writes, if we confess our sins, if we do this, then what? Then God is faithful, meaning he will always do it. He is faithful and just, and say it with me. What is he going to do? He is going to forgive us our sins and to purify us from what? Say it with me. And purify us from all unrighteousness. Wipe us clean completely from all unrighteousness. That's got to be one of the most powerful scriptures in all of the Bible. Anybody ever seen one of these things? Anybody ever had one as a kid growing up? The beautiful Etch-A-Sketch. It's an iPad if you live in Arkansas. But anyway, that's terrible. I'm sorry. I should not say that. We love you, all of you in Arkansas. We love you all. So anyway, if you had an Etch-A-Sketch, check this out. You know, you go through the process of making stuff by turning these little nubs, and I always go the wrong direction. And so, you know, you can make boxes pretty easy. You can make skyscrapers. Um, don't try to make a circle because it's just not going to happen. And so, you, you know, you do this thing, and as you're, as you're, as you're making your little picture— and something goes wrong, what do you do? Yeah, you just, well, you got to do a little harder than that. You got to shake it a little bit, and it's wiped clean. This is exactly what God does for us, according to the passage we just read. You know, what's, what's on your Etch-a-Sketch? You know, for me, anger, rage, resentment, hurt, bitterness, Feelings of being betrayed, uh, unfaithfulness. What's on yours? Liar? Maybe, maybe adultery? Maybe someone that's incredibly envious of other people and other people's stuff? How about abortion? The Bible says that God it's faithful and just and will forgive our sin. But he doesn't just stop there. This is the cool part. Jeremiah 31, 34. The Bible says that I will forgive their wickedness and say this with me and will remember their sins no more. The all-powerful, ever-present God makes a choice of his will to limit his memory forever. Forever. I will remember their sins no more. If we want to get past, and I pray, I pray that you do, your past failures, we have to recognize that there is no sin that you will or have ever committed that is too big for God's grace. And the second thought, if you're taking notes, write this down, is that you are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. Would you write that down? You're not what you've done. 
It doesn't define you. Your identity isn't in it. You are the very product and the identity of what God has breathed over your very life. That defines you. That's incredible thought. You see, Satan tries so hard to get us to personalize our sin, doesn't he? He tries to get us in a mindset where the things that we've done become who we see ourselves to be. So you don't say, I've committed adultery. You say, I am an adulterer. You don't say, man, I've, I've, I've taken some things that don't belong to me. But no, you spin it and take it one step farther. I'm a thief. You know, the Bible says that when you hate someone in your heart, that you're a murderer, that you've like committed murder in your mind. And so you don't see yourself as having resentment or hate towards somebody, but you're a hater, you're, you're literally like a murderer in your mind. Sin, check this out. Sin is an event. It is never, ever a person, ever. The Bible and, and let me just say this. I pray to my God in heaven that there are those of you have, who have been in, in chains to the past and to your mistakes. And I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will recognize how God sees you today. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul writes, he says, anyone. Say that word with me all together. He says what? He says, anyone, that includes you, who belongs to Christ has become a what? Say it with me. He's become a what? A new person. He says the old life, where is it? Where's the old life? He says the old life is gone and a new life has begun. All right, so let's start with the bad news. You don't know Jesus. You don't know if he even knows you. Maybe you're just kicking the tires of this whole God faith thing today, but you, you're pretty confident that you are not a follower of Christ. The bad news is, is that you are defined by your sin. You are. Because see, outside of the cross of Christ, we have nothing to hope for. We are literally a prisoner of sin, the Bible says. And it does, in fact, define you. But there are some of you listening to this message today who are going to experience the voice of God kind of speaking into your heart. You know, your heart starts racing. You know that you have not been in a relationship and he's going to call you back. And that anyone today, as you put your faith in Christ for the first time, that anyone is now going to speak of you today. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. And behold, all things have been made new. A new life has begun. Some of you know my story. I know some of you don't. Um, I'll try to run through the timeline super quick. Um, been a pastor for about 17 years. Um, struggled with pornography for about 20 years. Was unfaithful to my wife many years ago. And uh, the Holy Spirit did in my life the very thing I've taught you today. Not guilt, but the conviction propelling me to the person of God himself. Um, just overwhelmed me about 10 years ago. 
And, uh, and I went to my wife, my church leaders, my pastor, my friends, and I got really, really honest about all the things that I had struggled with. And God began a work 10 years ago that I can't even tell you um, what the, the power of God's grace in my life. I remember, you know, we're going through this process of a marriage being healed, and I'm obviously I've resigned my position in the church, and, and I'm just trying to be a godly father and a good, faithful husband. And the truth is, I didn't know how to be either of those things because I'd never done it. And I distinctly remember watching my son, my oldest son Noah, sleeping one night. And the thought came into my mind, um, how would you feel if he grew up to be like you? And that thought paralyzed me. There is not a thing in this world that I would want less. I would want him to be anything but me, to struggle with anything but what I struggle with, to fail in any other way but the way that I failed. But God, who is abounding in love and grace, poured that grace over my life, and I experienced forgiveness, and I started to experience freedom. And God began to change me as he convicted me of sin. And he began to speak things that were true about me. Not the things that I did that I felt defined me, but actually the things that are in this book that say who I am. And this is what it says. I'm adopted by God himself into the family of God. The Bible says that I am blessed when I come in and I am blessed when I go out. The Bible says that I am more than an overcomer by, by the blood of the Lamb, my Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the words of our story, by the words of our testimony. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that I am free because Jesus set me free. The Bible says that, 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 that the same spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in me and gives me the ability to overcome and be victorious. And that is what is true about me. That is who I am. And the same thing is true about you. If you know him, you are not what you have done. It doesn't define you. And your sin is not too big for God's grace. You are an overcomer. You are free in Christ. Well, thank you so much to our great team teachers, and I just want to reiterate their great points that your biggest sin is never, ever too big for God's grace. Also, you are not who others or Satan says you are. You are who God says you are. The third thing I pray you'll internalize today is this, that you cannot change your past, but Christ can change your future. You cannot change your past, but the risen Christ can change your future. Let's start with the past for a minute. Uh, when little Mandy, my second daughter, was uh, maybe six or seven years of age, we moved from one house to another, and Mandy had a little bear that she loved. It was a bear named Grandpa Bear. How? He got the name Grandpa Bear, I have no idea, but Mandy loved Grandpa Bear. And when we moved, somehow Grandpa Bear got lost in the move. 
And we looked and we searched and we tried everything possible to locate Grandpa Bear, but we couldn't locate Grandpa Bear. And I remember like it was yesterday, sitting down with my precious second daughter with her chubby little cheeks and saying the most loving thing that I could say to her, which was the truth. Mandy, baby, Grandpa Bear is never coming back. And I need to say that to some of you today about the past. Grandpa Bear is never coming back. You can't change it. You can't change it. So someone molested you, and that's a tragedy beyond tragedies and, and, and painful beyond words. But you can't change what happened to you. You lost your marriage, and, and your, your only dream was to have a good marriage, and, 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 and you, 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 you just, you're in agony because you lost your marriage. I ache with you, but you can't change it. You, you were young, and, and, and you were, did something you shouldn't have done, and you got pregnant when you didn't want to get pregnant, and, and you, you made a decision to take the life of your child, and, and you regret it all the time. And, and my heart breaks with you, and I just want to tell you, I believe your baby is in heaven, but you can't change the past. You said something you shouldn't have said. You did something you shouldn't have done. You, you can't change it. But I'm telling you, moving forward, the power of Christ can be with you. Never, ever forget, every single saint has a past. And every single sinner, and that's you and that's me, has a future through the power of the risen Christ. Just do this. Whenever your spiritual enemy tries to remind you of your past, Satan says you're this and you're that and tries to bring up your past, you just remind him of his future. You just tell him you're nothing, you've been defeated by Christ, the risen Christ lives inside of me, and greater is the one who lives in me than the one who lives in this world. I can't change what happened. It's gone. It's over. But I'm telling you, we serve a good God with whom all things are possible, and he's working in all things, even the bad things, to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I love the way Paul said this to the, uh, the Philippians in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 15. He said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all these things. In other words, he said, I'm not perfect or that I've, I've already reached perfection. He said, but I press on, and that's what God will empower you to do. I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He said, no, dear brothers or sisters, I haven't achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Then he says two things, which I think is funny, but he says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Everybody say forgetting the past. Forgetting say it again, forgetting the past. Forgetting and looking forward to what lies ahead. Everybody say what lies ahead. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God called me through Christ Jesus. He is calling us. I press on. I forget the past. One of my favorite stories of life change in the history of our church is a couple named Jerome and Shanna. When I met Jerome, uh, he had just become a Christian. Uh, Jerome lost a finger in a drug deal that went bad. He was a drug dealer, got his finger shot off. So you'll see Jerome worshiping God like this quite often. Uh, 
I said, Jerome, let's get a job. I'm gonna help you build a resume. What have you done? And Jerome looked at me and said, I've never done anything legal in my life. I said, interesting. Jerome started dating a girl that was a new Christian. She had been a stripper. Her life had been changed. We've got an ex-drug dealer and a stripper who find Christ and start to date. Uh, when they were fighting, Jerome said to me, I don't know that I should stay with this girl. And normally my advice is run for the hills if you ever say that. But I looked at them and I said, I feel like God wants you to stay together. I feel like he has something special for you. And under the authority of his pastor, he did something crazy and said, okay, and he stayed with her. And they got married. And I'm telling you, Jerome is now a Christian businessman like nobody's business, uh, working on computers, has rent homes where he takes people in and lets them stay for, for free. Uh, Shanna is a homeschool mom, one of the most beautiful women I've ever met. She's beautiful like my wife, not just beautiful on the outside, but a Christ inner beauty that just shines through. And I'm looking at this homeschool mom of three kids who took in two foster children that happened to have belonged to a stripper. And this couple has ministries all over the world. And I'm looking at them going, if Christ can take you from a stripping drug dealing into a productive world changing couple, Christ can do more through any of you than you could ever imagine. Every single saint has a past and every sinner has a future. So if the past is following you, forget it. Here's what this word in the Greek means, forgetting what is past. It means to treat with thoughtless inattention. It means to willfully neglect. It means to leave behind intentionally. It means to banish from one's thoughts. It means to disregard on purpose. It means to cease remembering. Some of you, your spiritual enemy has been haunting you with your past. You treat it with thoughtless inattention. You willfully neglect that label that has held you hostage. You leave intentionally the sin behind you. You banish from your thoughts the lies of the evil one. You disregard on purpose other people's ill opinions of you, and you cease remembering that which you let go and Christ has forgiven. Because I'm telling you right now, you are not who others say you are. There is no sin you've committed too great for God's grace. And you cannot change your past, but the power of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, he can and he will change your future. Everybody praying today. God, we pray right now in your presence and in the name of Jesus that, that those who've been bound by their labels, that those who've been hurt by others, that those who need to apologize for what they've done, for those who can't yet seem to forgive themselves, God, I pray that your spirit would sweep through their souls and there would be healing, forgiveness, and transformation today in the power of your son, Jesus. All of our different churches, those of you who would say, you know, there is something. I wish I hadn't have done it. I wish I hadn't have said it. I have a hard time letting it go. I remember like it's yesterday as a new Christian, knowing that God had forgiven me, but unable to forgive myself. I felt so much shame. I couldn't let it go. Today, I'm telling you, many of you, you're gonna let it go. You're gonna leave it behind. You're gonna let it be under the cross of Christ and you're gonna be different forever. All of our churches, those of you who would say, you know what, there is something I've been holding on to. It's a guilt, it's a shame, and I wanna give it completely to God today. If it's you, would you lift up your hands right now and just say, that's me, I really do. I really, there's something that is holding me back. I wanna give it to God. God, I pray today for hands at all of our different churches. 
God, I pray that if they have not confessed, that as they do, they would sense the power of your forgiveness and your grace. God, I pray that they would have the ability to forget it, to cease remembering, to put it in the past. I pray for healing in marriages, God. I pray for healing in, in, in parent and child relationships. I pray for healing in friendships and sibling relationships. God, I pray for healing in our own hearts. That God, as you've forgiven us, so we would forgive ourselves. And by the power of Christ, we could truly get past our past. As you keep praying today at all of our different churches, there are, there are many of you that you, you're still really lost in your past. Some of you, you you're, you're trapped in a very painful and sinful present. What do you do? Well, let me just tell you this. I believe with all of my heart that our good and loving God brought you to church and church online for this very moment. You've been held hostage by something that you've done, the guilt, the fear, the shame. I wanna tell you again that the Bible says anyone who is in Christ, who is Christ, he is the son of God, who was born without sin, who lived the perfect life, who shed his blood on the cross, who died for our sins, who was raised again from the dead. Anyone who is in Christ, the Bible says, is brand new, a new person. The old is gone, the new has come. There are many of you that God brought here for this moment. It's time to break free from the old sin and be made new in Christ. What are you gonna to do today? You're gonna to recognize God brought you here and you're gonna turn from your sin and you're gonna call on the name of Jesus and he's gonna hear your prayer and he's gonna fill you with the spirit of God and you're never gonna be the same. And at all of our churches, there are those of you, you know that's you, that's why you're here in the goodness of God. Your answer to him is yes, I want you, your salvation, new life, in Christ, today I turn from my sins and I turn toward you. That's your prayer today at all of our churches. Would you lift your hands high right now? Just lift them up and say, yes. Still with your eyes closed, just want to ask you to picture that one thing that came to mind when Pastor Craig was talking about your past. Maybe something you've done or that's been done to you. One of the beautiful things about the message of Jesus is that he stepped into humanity and he split the past from the future. And it became known as the before Christ or the after Christ. And he can do that in our lives too. He can step in and divide the past from the future and the hopelessness to hope, from brokenness to restoration. And whatever it is that you have in your heart that is needing his touch he can do that today and your past can stay in your past we're just a community of broken people and we are in need of a savior and the scriptures say that if we believe in that savior jesus if we confess with our mouth then there is a relationship that we can begin with him and his spirit will come and dwell in us and help us re repair and restore the things that are broken. Will you give that to Jesus today? Father, I know that there's so many of us here that maybe are exploring a relationship with you or, or we've been walking with you but got stuck because of some kind of issue in our past. We want to express ourselves to you and just say that we, we're taking a step towards you. Your word says that as we draw near to you, that you draw near to us. And I pray that right now you would draw near to every heart that is drawing near to you. 
that you'd bring hope where there's hopelessness, that you'd restore us where we're broken, that you would divide our past from our, our future. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.